Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, Pastor John and I talk about what it's like to minister to outsiders, and we discuss our messages in the series entitled Restored. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching. Um, Very we, dramatic. We are Armchair arm. Preaching. Well, it's Monday today, not Tuesday, so we're a little off our game. You're, you're headed uh, to a conference tomorrow, so yes. we're recording a little bit early this week, um, which is good because I think, the at least for me, my own message will be fresher in my mind. Right, yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that extra day <laughs> is a long period of time. Yeah, the whole Monday, because I usually start working on the coming week's sermon on Monday. So Uh I start thinking about that. So it gets a little, sometimes when we talk on Tuesday, it's a little muddied about, well, what did I say in this week's message versus last week's message? But uh, we were, we're in the series called restored Mm -hmm. Um, going into a a kind of a different, um, it was a really great move because we've been, uh, you organized this, this series, but we've been in a very, I'll say, Kind of um, individually focused sort of uh, arena of yeah. of our our restoration life. You know, us and God, us and one another, yeah. us and ourselves. It's kind of how I organized it in my brain. Yeah. I don't know if that's how you were thinking of it when you organized it, but that's when I looked at it. I was th- those were the kind of categories, and now we're moving outward. Yeah, and the next. Cup next three weeks, th- yeah. this week and then the next two weeks are really okay. What do we do to kind of demonstrate that restoration beyond ourselves? Yeah. Um, which I think is really cool. Um, but we talked about outsiders this week and we did it from different angles. We kind of introduced it from different angles. But I, I was curious um, and I was thinking about my own kind of ministry life. Have there been, uh, I don't say categories of people because that sounds very wrong but we do that anyway right we categorize people have there been kind of arenas in ministry where you have had to take kind of an extra measure of of prayer extra measure of grace to overcome your your own sort of insider outsider kind of mentality and you're talking about people who are not Christians where well, you're engaging be, with those who are could, not Christians it, it could be not Christians I, I think um, I think it could be even Christians who are just different types of Christians yeah. you know? have, I guess I have a similar answer for, for both I mean for those who are Christians when I have gone into say um, you know pastor groups of all the different church types yeah. that, that are out there and just really you, you get the you get the um, very uh, wildly demonstrative you know yeah. Yeah. Group, groups of people out there are very vocal people with their, their worship style is very vocal and loud the people are vocal and loud you know it's just when it, it pretty much any time that it's not like my my natural yeah way of being that i feel that sense of okay there's a there's a there's, there's, there's a, a cultural gap or there's, yeah. a, there's a gap here that we need to f- figure out how to how to cross and you know, and and just similar with with reaching out to groups of people who are very different from me some of them are you mentioned before we recorded having gone and and, and done ministry in and other countries, there are there are cultural and there are national, and there, I mean, there's all kinds of gaps that go yeah. that are part uh, part of that. And uh, I think the the response to that has been for me has been the same pretty much wherever it is, and that is like, okay, I'm just who I am. I can't yeah. I can't not be who I am. Yeah. 
and I have to sort of mentally get my get around my mind around. They are the same way. They are who they are, yeah. and they can't not be anything other than they, who they are. And we just need to can try to find these points of connection. Yeah, and uh, oftentimes that starts with the the very warm and familial and family and, and relational types types of things. Mm-hmm. We just start having conversations about mm-hmm. things we have in common, which, by the way, is a wonderful thing about humanity in general. Yeah. Is that when we start with that, when we start looking for that, you always we, find we it. find it yeah. in abundance. Yeah, I was curious. You know, you you've talked, in, and I I didn't prep you for this, so this is going to be out of the blue. But you know, you you've done ministry in Russia. Yes, right? you and I both are children of the Cold War. Right. right. Yeah. What was the mentality like when you knew you were? He- I mean, was there a, some? Was there something that you had to do spiritually to prepare yourself to go into just that environment in general? Even though you know you're going to Christians yeah. and you know you're going to brothers and sisters in Christ, but you're still, you know, you're crossing the proverbial iron curtain. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know when you you went in the the late '90s after the, the no, I went in 2016 okay. or so. Okay, so 15, not not that long ago. Yeah. So, but the iron curtain had fallen by that point. Oh, but yeah. there's still this I don't know man for for me I grew up I grew up in the 80s right you, you grew up earlier than that 70s, we're, yeah. we're both we're both military kid you know grew up in the military I, there is a mental oh, I thing tell you, I, so I'll tell you I, so so yes to the, the the thing that you're getting at was that on my mind as I prepared to go and teach in, in, in Russia it absolutely absolutely was I had the privilege of being able to go about two hours south of Moscow there's a group of uh, Presbyterian churches, the Presbyterian church in, in Russia is exploding. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was prior to Ukraine and all this going on. I, I don't know how it's doing now, but there's a lot of people, a lot of growth and a lot of, um, a lot of young pastors there who are really, they get the gospel and they've reformed in their understanding of it and they're just planning churches. Mm-hmm. They have, a, they also have a very um, Pentecostal influence. So mm-hmm. these kind of these charismatic Presbyterians, if you can it's imagine all, that. All is, so it's great. really a, it's an interesting, uh, wonderful, wonderful thing. But uh, I had the privilege of preaching in a in a, uh, in a Presbyterian church in Tula, the city of Tula, and actually the district as well. It's, Tula, it's called Tula, and uh, and I chose as my text something that actually helped me with what you're talking about. And, mm-hmm. I, and I, the, that shows us my text out of Galatians where it says that we are there's no longer slave or free, mm-hmm. male or female, for Two. we are all one in Christ yeah. Jesus. And I told that story mm-hmm. of what you just described. Mm-hmm. I told the story, I grew up in America and I grew mm-hmm. up during this era when when we were, were doing the bomb drills and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and, and you know, as a elementary school, I remember going out in the hallways mm-hmm. and lining up and just saying, you know, we just knew that somebody was going to be dropping bombs mm-hmm. on, on our heads one day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I'm in Russia and I'm saying and that somebody was you yeah you guys some however's going to happen you guys were, were behind that yeah and so you have been in my mind growing up my enemy yeah you have always been throughout my entire lifetime my, my enemy Just, and it's and that's the thing it's you we paint with that broad brush right i mean yeah. that's kind of that's the propaganda of the Cold War. Yeah, it's, I worked it's, on both of them. I the mean, it's the same thing. It, yeah. It's the effect of the Cold War. And the greatest thing in the world is to be able to look out. There's probably two, three hundred of them in, in the room and to be able to look at them and say, because these are all, I mean, I've, I've been in worship with them up to this point and they're worshiping like fervently. And I said, let me just tell you, you are not my enemy. Yeah. We are not enemies. Mm-hmm. And that was really a cool moment. And I, and I, had, I had a number of people, especially the young people coming mm-hmm. up afterwards and saying, 
uh, we grew up, and some of the older people, we grew up hearing our parents talk about it, or the parents were saying, we grew mm. up the same way. But the and, opposite. And you were the yeah. enemy, and you were the ones going to drop bombs on our head. Mm-hmm. So we grew up with this mutual fear, and to find that uh, the union, unity in Christ was, it was really one of the best moments I've, I've ever yeah. experienced in ministry. But yeah. it there was a, I mean, look, there's they have a lot of Mongolian influence, they got a lot of Asian influence, they got a lot of, a lot of you know, sort of melting pot, that's their own melt, melting pot, Eastern it's European, a, European, Eastern, yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of different people types in that in that group there that they have a lot of ethnicities within their own culture as well. So they have a lot of cultural hoops Baggage to get to just to yeah, get to yeah. get to together themselves. Mm-hmm. And then I come in as a as a Westerner with my I mean, I'm still this is way I'm this is off topic I know but you asked uh, uh, I'm still marveling at the fact that one of our drivers who was very proud of the fact that he was a descendant of Genghis Khan and, you know <laughs> and, and, but he was one of these guys and he, he was just telling me that his parents who grew up in communist Russia and uh, and, and th- they still miss mm-hmm. communism mm-hmm. and I'm wow. you know I'm looking at him my try to not the, let my jaw hang open the, it's like what great, do you mean they missed it Are the you, great evil right yeah, you've got you've got you got yeah, democracy, democracy yeah. and you got you got capitalism going yeah. there, which is this weird version of it there with the oligarchs yeah. and all this. But still, they had they had that. And he said, "But you got to remember, that's how my parents think about it. That with communism, they gave you food, they gave you a place to live, they gave you vacations, mm-hmm. vacation homes, they gave you what you needed." I said, "Yeah, but only barely enough. Yeah, just enough to keep you hungry, not mm-hmm. enough to make you satisfied." Yeah. And so anyway, <laughs> they had they had all that going on. So there's a lot of cultural things there. But what Isn't we were able good? to do is just we were able to connect. It's that fun. was the main thing. It's funny that, that that previous generations always have the good old days, no matter yeah. what those good yeah. old days were like, right? Yeah, here, there, and everywhere, yeah. right? Yeah, I think we do. You know, I, I mentioned um, in my message this past week, uh, you know, a, a particular moment where we were called to go to an AIDS hospice. And, and yeah. growing up in, in the 80s um, and the early 90s. Oh, huge and, stigma. And yeah. that was a, I mean, I was a kid when you're just kind of barely hearing the news. You know, your parents have it on in the background, but you kind of hear these like, Watchwords that become, you know, and and it, and and for 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 conservative Christians in the eighties and nineties, it was, I mean, you you know, you, you it was the it was the moral judgment on on sinful America and sinful the, the sinful West, you know, and and so there there was that stigma there, but it also played to into one of the other kind of outsider other sort of challenges I've always had I had in ministry early days was um, was hospitals and 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 sick mm. people mm. Um, I have uh, when I first got into ministry you know hospitals were not it's not a comfort zone for uh-huh. I mean it, I, I did not enjoy that I did not uh-huh. uh, I, I even if I knew the person on the other end I mean the machines and the beeping and the yeah, smells yeah, and all that yeah. just it became this you know I'm well I'm healthy you're sick and 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 you know in 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 a lot of churches that focus on the young right and a lot of churches that and a lot of pastors that focus on the young hospital ministry and ministry to the sick it's almost non-existent. Yeah, I mean, I, I know. The only time they go to the hospitals have babies. Exactly, and to get their I, appendix out I, or I, some very random things. Yeah, I know mega church pastors and associate pastors. They 
never visit people in the hospital. And yeah. I'm thinking, man, our church our church is probably a, a tenth of the size of some of these churches, and, and you and I go at Weekly. least once a week, yeah. um, if not m- more. And we right. visit shut-ins all the time. But that to me that that was a that was a, a an, an an outsider barrier. And then when this this AIDS hospice kind of request comes across. I was thinking, man, I I know the right answer. <laughs> I know what I need I'm to do. I'm supposed to say yes. I know what I want, <laughs> but I also know there is this this barrier. I mean, there's this mental and emotional. Ba- yeah. Plus, it was they're Bahamians, so there's also a cultural barrier. Yeah. That, but we had crossed that, you know, many times. We'd gone into de- detention facilities and and worked with, you know, um, you know people that that were orphans and, and things mm-hmm. like that but you know so you cross that barrier but this was a different yeah. sort of thing but it worked out I mean, there's a lot worked. of fear back then also there's a lot of fear that somehow something that you were doing and not not that, that you, you couldn't get it just by being around people but that somehow something that you were touching they were touching mm-hmm. you know, there would you there would be transmission of the of the disease itself yeah, and this is the early 2000s but i think you know Maybe a little bit before that, I'm thinking. Yeah, but, but but even here, so in this case, and one of the things I didn't emphasize very much, and I did a little bit, I did more in the 1030 service, was that, you know, this was a this was not a hospital, right? It's not a sterile environment. This So we're, you know, we're in with AIDS patients, and, and not, they were not just AIDS patients. They're actually one of our, one of the patients we spent the most time with had um, severe multiple sclerosis since the time mm. he was a, a boy, and, and his body was actually um, he, he he his body was like the letter S. I mean, he he, he that and, curved. Yeah, he was that kind, and because he had had it his whole life. His name was Garvin, and and uh, but but you're still and there was there was one person and and the only patient we could not see. Um, was at the end of the, you know, they had this organized into little tiny one room cabins. I mean, cabins less, you know, smaller than the size of my office here that we're sitting in. And the patients were sitting there all the time quarantined. I mean, they were by themselves, tiny little 13 inch televisions. They're watching prices, right? There was one cabin at the very end of the row. Uh, we were not allowed to go into because the person um, was not, not only an AIDS patient, but they had, you know, schizophrenia and, wow. and, and, um, and, and they were yelling at us they, I mean we could they were screaming at us you know to come visit them and and uh, th- I got some stories about that wow. moment uh, trying yeah. to trying to have, have to having to having to tell you know these teenagers to be compassionate and to be kind and to be loving and to go you know outside your comfort zone while they're listening to all that going on yeah at that same time and then that patient no you know realizing what was going on and trying to manipulate them to come and visit anyway, like through the wall is crazy. But anyway, wow. uh, but th- those were those moments, you know, but you know, it's one of those things where God, uh, you know, shows up and, and does a work in teenagers. Um, well, and- I think, I think what you and I were, were, were getting at was that, um, there are some situations that are easy to think about the, the 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 leap that it takes to move from where we are to where that other person is, mm-hmm. and so it's easy to think about those because they're pretty big leaps. Yeah? Mm-hmm. But there's a whole lot of them that Small, are still that are smaller. still leaps. Yeah, uh, but they're they're smaller leaps, yeah. and they're and they're more in the family, or yeah. they're, and they're and they're more prevalent, and they're all yeah. around us. And, and uh, you and I both touched on that, I think, in the message this week. Yeah. I think we both were trying to highlight the smaller ones as well, you yeah. know, um, and, and you kicked off the, the sermon this week in a, in a, in a really kind of a fun sort of interesting way, but a way that frames it nicely. It's this high school mentality, right? Yeah. 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 You know, the jocks and the potheads and the, 
the and Bob yelling out the Hare Krishna. And I, <laughs> so I, was, I, was I still want to talk to Bob. Where you go? Where did you go to school? I, I didn't like, have any Hare Krishnas in my. <laughs> I think it was in school. California, so I think I think uh, that's well, that, that makes a lot more sense. But um, you know, I think uh, that kind of you know, in one sense, you know, some I don't know who it was once said that all life is still high school, right? Mm-hmm. It's just that we get a lot more subtle with that. So as you're kind of unpacking, and, and we both go into the Cornelius story from Acts ten, yeah. chapter ten. So as you're trying to frame this for people, what are you, what are you hoping to do as you're framing the story going into? The Cornelius Peter story, which is very, it's in in one way very different because it's very you know religious ethnic kind of yeah. divisions. How, you know, what are you trying I to do we to frame were, that? We were both. I I heard you doing something similar. Yeah. I, we were both trying to do the same thing and just really make it clear that this was a this was a match that should not have been made. Yeah. <laughs> these these you know, Cornelius and his people were not mm-hmm. the people that you're supposed to be. You know, preaching, yeah. not not according to cultural you know uh, cultural norms. norms of the day. Yeah, they were outsiders. I mean, he was not a Jew, not a not a not a not a Christian. Yeah. He was a Roman. Yeah, you know, uh, and which uh, neither uh, one of us really hit on. Not only is he not a Gentile, so this, or not only is he a Gentile, he's a Roman Gentile, which we could have dialed that up. Right? Yeah, because he's imperial, right? So he yeah. is part of the imperial overlords yeah. that are. I think the I think the text itself. Down, tamped it down for us because he was so yeah. well received. But yeah. you know, he, he's the imperial overlord, right? But no. he's a benevolent one. Yeah, he's, right. he's doing that's these right. kind things. He, benevolent dictator, benevolent yeah. ruler. Yeah. Um, and so it's really setting up that 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 dichotomy between you know this is a clear situation where, and this is such a big moment in the early church that that had been, as I said, has been building uh, that that this is a clear case where the outsider needs to be the one, the object of our attention, the object of our of our ministry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to set up the the, the dual you know, the, the dual inside outside mindset. Yeah, yeah, which I think both of us did um, fairly similarly in different directions. I, I, I think one of the things that I, I wish I had uh, had time to unpack more, and I don't you know, know about you, but you know this story, the placement of this story in the context mm-hmm. overall of the the book of Acts, right? So you you jumped off of Jesus' ascension message to uh, in Matthew 28, 19. Mm-hmm. I, I jumped off in Acts chapter 1. It's the same same context, same uh, premise, and we were both focusing on the ends of the earth thing. Um, in, in 1030, I didn't do this at, at 815 or on the recording. I highlighted the fact that the Ju- Judea and Jerusalem part you know that geography was not difficult for the the disciples to comprehend. Uh, the Samaria part was, mm. uh, and the Gentile part definitely mm. was. Right, the ends of the earth part. Um, but one of the things that's interesting is where this is placed. You know, in in Acts chapter nine, you get the conversion of Saul. So he is the he's the ultimate insider, right? Mm-hmm. He's the ultimate Pharisee, right? He even describes himself later as the Pharisee of Pharisees. And then you get the story in Acts chapter 10, but it's set in the stage because this ultimate insider, Paul, because Peter, the thing that, you know, there's some commentators don't believe that this is an accurate story, right? Because Peter is not the disciple, is not the apostle to the Gentiles, yeah. ultimately. Yeah. It's Paul. Yeah, yeah. But he's still the leader of the church, and it, without Peter's stamp of approval, I don't know that this would have ever happened. You know, other things in this story that really – I mean, it's 55 verses <laughs> in Acts chapter 10. Yeah. So, what else was there that you're like, man, if we had you know another 20 minutes, I would spend more time on you know, X, Y? Because you and I both did – 
summarizations of Big the pictures, beginning yeah. and the end, and then we kind of just pulled out the vision, yeah. right? The, yeah. the what I called the supernatural picnic because that's in my I head. Love, I love that image. In my head, that's yeah. when they start talking about the blanket being lowered down from the heavens. I'm like, this is just a picnic, guys. I mean, this is a huge, <laughs> gigantic picnic. Yes, there are snakes yeah. and armadillos and all this on this picnic, but uh, were there things in this that you're you're really like, I I, I would have spent some more time on this, or I would have unpacked this a little bit more fully. One of the things that I, I actually had in my notes, now that, I'm, now that you're saying that, I, I realize I didn't say it, um, was um, was that what happened, it's not necessarily in this in this chapter, but beginning in chapter 11 and all the buildup through chapter 15 mm-hmm. with the resolution of this at the, at the, uh, the Council of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. It's just the, it's just how did they actually resolve this, the, this yeah. issue? So, uh, so that, that would have been worthwhile to, to basically to say, that to spend some time talking about it, you know the way they resolved this was that the Gentiles can be reached, yeah, and they and they should be reached, yeah, and they don't need to become Jews first. And I, I think I said something about that, but it, well, you talked a lot, and I wish I had done this. I wish I'd spent probably three to four minutes on this. I loved how you did this. The the fallout that results from us reaching across to the outsider, and how that that often is from the. The group that you yeah. are in, you know, what does it cost? You, you said it's it's going to cost something. Yeah. Um, and I loved, and you kind of did this high school sandwich thing where you talked about the high school groups at the beginning, and then you talked about what it's like to reach across the aisle in the cafeteria, mm-hmm. that the popular kid is is taking a hit, kind of a hit. Yeah. Um, what was your, you know, I, I love that part of your message because I thought it does highlight the risk that's involved. Well, think there. about it. You said something about the different divides in mm-hmm. in your sermon. You mm-hmm. talked about there's there's political divides, yeah. there's there's sociological divides, and all. But you know, if somebody of one you know uh, political persuasion sees you, Zach, or mm-hmm. sees me, John, or anyone in the church going out and and really working with and 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 dealing with somebody who has spiritual questions. But politically, they are very different, way different yeah. than us. Uh, it, it, this really, a, it's a call to the to, to those to, on either side, actually, to just relax. Yeah. You know? That this is that this is about the gospel. It's not about politics. But the yeah. gospel is not. And I mean, it has impl- that will come afterwards. That'll yeah. be conversations you have afterward. But the first conversation is where are they spiritually? Yeah. And uh, and not to come out swinging clubs for somebody taking taking steps towards that. The story I didn't tell, and and I think it was with all sensitivity to last week's message, mm-hmm. where you didn't want to really. You say a lot of details in a room, and I'm, 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 you know, I'm aware of like a Marley, our seven-year-old was in, was sitting next to me in the in the room. Uh, the going into the clubs is going into strip clubs, yeah. And that's that's what we, yeah, that's what, what I was referring what, yeah, to, mm-hmm. and um, and um, and you know, I remember that at one point that they they we or, they ordered T-shirts that said Jesus loves strippers. Mm. <laughs> Now our church got it because they yeah, like, we, course, we got yeah. a ministry of people doing this and they understood why we're doing this, what we're doing, what it meant, what it didn't mean. You know, we're not accepting that we're not condoning sin. We're just saying that people that rather than rather than come out swinging with against the sin, we need to really meet them with grace and meet them with love and just sort of guide them first to Jesus and then let, and then begin to disciple them and so on. So they our church got it, but I know more than one person who's worn that short shirt out in public and it was the Christians who were saying that's wrong. 
you need it. that that is so offensive yeah that shirt is so offensive you just you, you can't say that mm. I said well which part is offensive yeah. I, mean, I didn't have one but I, yeah. I have friends who had them so which part of it is offensive do you, do you disagree with the idea that there's a person who happens to be working in this industry who has definitely had a horrible life yeah this is yeah yeah and, and that's the thing and, I, and that the Lord yeah. loves this person do you disagree with that idea yeah or do you disagree with the idea that we're trying to be there instead of there's a such a contrast again this is a sidebar here but there's such a contrast between because our girls went in yeah and they visited with those those the girls working in this in the clubs and they just listened to them and heard their stories and just just loved you know loved on them Um, other groups went did not go in, but they went to the outsides. Mm-hmm. What they do on the outsides? Mm, protesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they had the signs. Yeah. You're going, you're going to burn in hell. Yeah. Those signs. The question is, which which one's more? Yeah, which, effective. Which, yeah, yeah. which is more Christ-like? Which is more Christ-like? Yeah. Yeah. Christ-like? Which was which was which one's going more effective to actually doing the thing that you hope will happen? Well, and I think you know this, and, and I'm just speaking out loud now. I think this becomes one of those moments where we, you know. People have such a hard time, and this is a great example, and I'll I'll share another one in a moment, where people believe that our building relationships with folks that are outside the faith or who are inside the faith but don't don't, wear the right theological clothing or whatnot – that that somehow our association with with those people – I'm using air quotes. I hate Mm -hmm. hate that term, but that's that's how it is – is somehow condoning everything about that person in their life and what they yeah. believe and everything, and 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 because people can't, comp- and, maybe, and maybe even tainting the us, way, yeah, yeah with, with what the thing that we don't condone, yeah, and I think that's that's the hardest part to communicate with people, Be, building relationships with folks and loving them where they're at, so that they can meet Jesus, and and Jesus does the work of transformation. Does not mean we're condoning the behavior of that person. I mean, it's like this is one of those cutting room floor. You know, it, what is Jesus doing in John chapter four with the Samaritan woman at the well? I mean, this yeah. woman is the ultimate outsider, right? Yeah, there's so many things wrong with that story. Yeah, and there he was, tons. there he was doing it, and he's talking to her and, con- and and conversing with her. He's not condoning. I mean, he calls out her behavior, but he does it in a loving way, you know, and then offers her eternal living water. You know, yeah. um, it, it's but you know and and. On the flip side of that, one of the things that di- was in my head didn't get in the message uh, was how Peter Peter's struggle with this beyond Acts chapter ten because he's had this great visionary moment. But what do we see in the book of Galatians? He he begins to distance himself. Oh, that was on my cu- I had that on the cutting room floor <laughs> right? as well. He begins Paul to distance shows, himself. Paul shows up and Peter backs off. Yeah, and Peter is not wanting to eat with the Gentiles. And and, and what does it say? Paul literally says, I had to oppose Peter to, to his, his face. face. So, Peter was, uh, that's why I love Peter. That's why Peter is my my, my Bible <laughs> spirit animal or whatever. Because he's he, he has these moments of great clarity and, and great uh, uh, you know bravery, and then he just falls flat on his face. And because that's how we do it, right? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, there, there are moments where where you and I have had these experiences, and you, you know, you mentioned it with 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 St. Andrews Dunedin, you know, going into the strip clubs, where we've reached across the divide, knowing that's what Jesus calls us to do, right. and we get kickback from our own tribe, right? Because they believe for some reason we're condoning 
what the you know the behavior you know they interpret that Jesus loves strippers shirt as Jesus loves stripping right which is yeah. not which is yeah, not yeah, the case yeah. and 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 they can't see beyond the they can't see beyond the sin to the person you know what I'm saying yeah and 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 you know I, I, we've experienced that hey, and, you know? and and to be fair. Uh, I would imagine to, to as you were talking about going into the uh, to the AIDS yeah. you know, uh, uh, clinic or, or place, Process, yeah, uh, uh, it, it can be difficult. I mean, having that guy yelling, this schizophrenic uh, man yeah. with with AIDS yelling at you, and just trying to and, and, and trying to manipulate students. Mm-hmm. You know, there can be some angst that mm-hmm. is for the person who is in the middle of that. And I can tell you that some of our women who are going into these clubs, hearing the stories that they heard again and again, and just seeing the sights that they saw, that they you know you can't unsee some yeah, of some of the things yeah. that are there. Uh, as my wife would tell you, she said it it, it just gets it's really hard sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's very difficult. So you really got to be prayed up, mm-hmm. and you got that vision has to be clear and mm-hmm. cast strongly deep into your soul to, to go into these places. And yet, I mean, this is kind of the point of the whole day, wasn't it? That 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 the Christians are the ones who are called to cross those thresholds. Yeah, absolutely. To to when others are fleeing from darkness, we're the mm-hmm. ones rushing into to to darkness and, yeah. and, and difficulties. Why? Not because we want darkness. We got to figure out how to be strong in the middle of that middle of that darkness so that we're not we aren't tainted by that we're not affected yeah. by that but we can go as bearers of the uh, of the message and that's really that it's a difficult thing for for many people but it's a it's it is a great and high calling for us well that's the calling of the church right i mean i mean even the isaiah 49 passage i mean what is a a light of salvation a light to the nations right so the the implication is there is darkness out there yeah. our calling is not to just gather all our lights together and make the light yeah. brighter and brighter and brighter it's to take the light out into the darkness. the darkness, and and you're right. You have to be prayed up. You have to know. You have to know your own. You know your own shortcomings and weaknesses and and foibles and and not Temp- go- temptations. Temptations. And, you yeah, know all, all those. Um, and for the record, John was not going into the strip clubs. That's. <laughs> That is a very good good clarification. I just want to make sure that people know. I had to know. tell my church that often. I said uh, that uh, this is a women's ministry. Right. They are telling me these stories. Yes. I'm not there to participate yeah, or see you, these stories. You are a praying background. We did do that. Off-site oh, component, not into it. Because we did do a lot of that. That's that's a line that does not get crossed, right? right. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. So, you know, we, that's knowing, you know, wh- where there is and where there's not, you know, and... Um, but it still doesn't. We don't get a. We don't get a get out of jail. You know, like kind of you know free card, so to say. Yeah. Like I, I'm not called anywhere outside. You know. <laughs> well, no. and you know, you paint the extremes. You and I both painted an extreme. We painted yeah. the extreme of the age. You know, mm-hmm. in another country at an age clinic. With now you got the other dimensions to mm-hmm. it. He was schizophrenic. You know, mm-hmm. and the the kind of intense situation. I you know I was fairly euphemistic in it, but mm-hmm. still it was this scene of mm-hmm. a, which is a fairly extreme CD, scene. Yeah. But there are a, a whole lot more uh, more opportunities. There are a whole lot more uh, uh, cl- cl- a whole lot closer to us mm-hmm. um, that have to do with oftentimes a family member. Yeah, which and I think you and I both we take it to the extreme and then we both kind of pull it back. Say hey, but it doesn't even have to be that big. You know, God God is not necessarily calling you into the strip clubs, right? God is not necessarily calling you into an AIDS hospice. Um, maybe he is, mm-hmm. and, and if so. You know, uh, and there's a lot. If you're a male listening to this, he is not calling you to a strip club. Definitely not calling, but he might be calling you into the prison system. You know, it's one of those things that that came into my mind. You know, I've 
uh, friends who who from from Fuller who who that's their ministry in they have churches in prisons and that's one of those yeah. in my head that I'm like homeless ministries uh, homeless ministries uh, um, yeah. yeah hunger ministries mm-hmm. uh, you know all these all these places where people are, are living a broken li- living in brokenness well like, and one uh, one of the examples too and I and I didn't think of it till after the fact you know the celebrate recovery ministry is one of those that I think people yeah. in our own church you know they they look at that and some people I know they're like I saw the Will Ridge who yeah, leads our celebration. Did you see the comments on it? Yeah, he commented yeah. on Facebook. Said, "By the way, this is what Celebrate Recovery does." Yeah, Come on, yeah, yeah. And I actually saw his comment before I watched your message. So I was wondering if it came up in your message, but I was thinking I didn't mention it in my message. We have mentioned it in the past, yeah, many times. But th- but that's you know that's a that's a closer to home sort of place. I mentioned in my sermon. You know Tim Mitchell and Parker Street Ministry, sure, right, right, much right closer down to the home, and a fairly easy, uh, I will say, fairly easy bridge to cross because you're already dealing with an organization that's built relationships. So you're getting to tack onto their equity, you know, yeah, their yeah. their relational equity. Yeah, you don't have to create it. You don't have to create it. You know, Nancy Bertram's done that. You, you know, you mentioned family members, which I thought was a brilliant kind of addition because most people don't think of family members as being outsiders, but we all have family members who are definitely yep. not. Yep. Yep. They, they yep. might share the blood, they might share the DNA, but they're not in the family and what does that mean for us you know what does that mean to cross those lines yeah. and and i think it's cool because you even and and one of the things i i do this sometimes i don't do it consistently in vine especially you do have quite a few teenagers in there and and college students and bringing it to the classroom like they have as many maybe more opportunities to live this out right Easily from a geography standpoint than others, you know, and they're still. I mean, at th- that age, you're still. I remember, I'm still sorting that all of that out. How, how am I supposed to think mm-hmm. about me in relationship to the other person when I'm still trying to sort of settle my own identity right now? Which is why it's important to speak to it at least to some degree in church. Yeah. To, to say, yeah, we get that. This is that's not just a. That is not just a cultural question you're asking. There's mm. b- very big spiritual, eternal dimensions to that. Who you consider the other, who you consider the outsider, um, and I and I, I loved how you you put it because and I, and I did the same thing, but I was doing it more with. I said everyone has an outsider, right? Everyone does. In, in high school, um, and even into college, and I, and I would say this is largely the case into adulthood i mean i think i think in our lakeland community there are definitely people who are more insiders than outsiders yeah. just the, the cool kids the popular crowd I, I mean, we you don't have to look very far I yeah. mean, we we know who they are we know where they hang out and i was really speaking to that group a lot uh but but even groups that are not in that group and you said this whatever group you're in that's your inside and yeah. everybody who's not is an outsider to you. And I said everyone has an outsider. Yeah. But in high school, you but, know, but like, the thing the thing I, that, that dawned on me, and I said I did say this too. The the, the corollary with that is that you you define inside based on where you're standing, yeah. and everyone else is an outsider. But when you look at that person, that person who's an you consider to be an outsider, they're looking at you going, "I'm not an outsider." Yeah. Yeah. I've got my own thing going on. You're the outsider. Although you mentioned your 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 uh, your son-in-law's niece, right? Yeah. Uh, who's a, who's a, uh, considers herself part of the emo group. Yeah. Now, it's funny when you mention that because I'm from that generation where emo became a thing, and I was in a band yeah. that was emo adjacent. So I, I I know that scene a little bit. It's funny uh-huh. that scene, that whole emo scene, defines themselves as being the outsiders, right? I mean, so yeah. 
as well as the goth scene and 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 you know which is funny because <clears throat> they define themselves as being outsiders but they themselves create a group exactly of people who are the insiders to that group to that group and so and everyone else is, is outside. exactly and that's that's something i think is interesting because that's every group has an inside and an outside and even yeah. groups that's just the it's just the way it's just so so interesting how people think of themselves right <laughs> they have whole groups that are created because they feel like outsiders right? yeah but so they create an inside and they become yeah it's just weird di- <laughs> it is that weird weird, weird dynamic but i liked how you called that out because i think there is this sense of no no no. there are people that are insiders and outsiders yeah. and, and they're socially i mean like you mentioned homelessness right I mean, homelessness folks are on the fringes right um sometimes they will organize and, and things like that but that you know but but for the most part if you find yourself in an identity group you've created an inside outside yeah yeah and yeah. Er, and everybody's got that and what i another cutting room floor i didn't develop this and i, I thought it a lot mostly because i thought about myself is that you know between being playing soccer and tennis and 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 having i mean i had i have an older sister so when i'm in fresh a freshman in high school i have an older sister who's a year older than me she's a sophomore she's beautiful and all the boys mm-hmm. like her so she's hanging out with the juniors and seniors i'm getting invited to juniors and senior parties so you're getting like kind of so i'm i'm the i am the guy who got brought to the i'm joe who got brought to the table I, yeah. i'm that guy but it also had the effect of and a lot of people are like this that is that i don't i, I had groups that I was mm. a part of but I, I also went to multiple groups yeah. I, and I didn't really develop that idea that yeah. the, this the fact that even Alexis even the fact that she she says I'm I'm emo she she was in the the music group yeah and she was in these other groups she's in these you know, these mm-hmm. you know, smart kid you know, yeah. groups so may not have been you know athletes and popular kids and whatnot but she was definitely in multiple groups and mo- most of us have multiple groups yeah. which actually serves the purpose of the whole point of our sermons yeah. which is that you, know, you leverage all these things so that you can cross over like your word a minute ago the bridge you can, you can travel that. over that bridge mm-hmm. to get to that other side well middle school and high school is 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 ripe with illustrative material for this very topic, right? I can think of many, many more stories where, you know, like in my high my high school, the, the the homecoming king and the prom king was definitely the opposite of what you would consider the prototypical. It wasn't the jock popular, athlete. popular quarterback? Well, he the, was popular, but he became popular because he decided to become so. I mean, he just he was this. I, he was one of my best friends, but he was this. I remember he and I. We were in um, the newspaper together. We were. Uh, we were. We. He was. We were both sophomore or juniors, and he. He said, "You know, next year I'm going to be the most popular kid in school." He just decided, and he was not that <laughs> in jun- a junior. He just decided. I said, "Well, how, you, what do you? What do you mean?" He goes, "I'm just. I'm doing everything," and and he. He and I became editors in chief of the newspaper together. We were co-editors in chief, and then he played in the never the, underestimate the, the will. No, the. I mean, he was this. Tall Tall, gawky kid. He was a white kid with a big curly afro. He wore he wore uh, you know um, thrift store clothes before that was like on, cool. Yeah, before purpose, like yeah, it yeah. was like you know now Urban Outfitters and all them they 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 design thrift store like clothes yeah, and they charge yeah. you one hundred and fifty dollars for a t shirt. He was doing that like yeah. for real. Um, but you know he was just himself and he just went he 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 went to every party and went to and and. Dude, before the end of it, he was 
the prom king, the 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 homecoming king, and and voted you know most liked in school. And I was like, dang it, man! You just like <laughs> you just decided to do it, and you did it. And he went to he went to the University of Florida. Um, oh, yeah. He dropped out, but because he ended up spending you know semester in Sydney, Australia, covering the Olympics. So, um, well, <laughs> so he just. But it's just one of those things but where he, he was has, he was the ultimate. He was like an outsider. He felt like an outsider. But he didn't care, so he was like, "I'm just going to get yeah. to know everybody." And I think, I mean, that's that's the beauty of that, is it? And I and and this is the the summary. If it was I ins- I slipped it in almost is that is that the idea is that we are insiders to the faith. Mm-hmm. There are those who are not part of the faith. All these possible categories of things we've been talking about, how how we think about them categorically, but the whole point of it is to bridge over, like you said, and and to journey with them, know them, welcome, and then and then hopefully invite them into a life of discipleship that they then become part of. What yeah. is what is for us now the inside movement? So they're part of the insiders. Now you have a bigger insider yeah. you know, movement, and now together this bigger inside movement continues that cycle. It yeah. goes right back out to the other people. Growth, yeah, that's right. yeah, so that that's the that's the the cycle, and that's mm. the uh, in, in some ways it's the it's the the pattern. Yeah. Um. And we actually didn't talk about this. It's, it's the pattern that God has anointed given mm-hmm. to us to say this is how I want to. God could simply declare it to be so, and will that everybody wake up? Yeah. And just just have faith. Yeah. Have faith, but he chooses to use us. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's we are in, the instrumental use of human beings in the in the in the providence of God is amazing. In some ways, it's to me it speaks it's more powerful than if God just snapped his fingers in it because it's it, it show, because we're broken and we are we are sinful people not not perfect in any stretch of matter. I mean, look at Peter as a great example. Saul, who becomes Paul. I mean, this is this is the exponential growth of the early church because these are. These are people that recognize the grace of God to bring, to take them from darkness into His wonderful life, as as light as as John says later on, and and they're wanting to share that and bring whomever you know. And and the early church, and neither one of us mentioned this. We've mentioned it in other sermons. The early church was all about those sorts of. I mean, that yeah. was it was a movement of slaves and women and and yeah. outsiders and, and outsiders. Who created this this great thing called the church and and brought it inside and they just just what you're talking about they lived into this pattern of relationship building and and bridge building and my friend Steve from um, from Fuller who we did our doctorate together he uh, he he I think he did his doctrine on this 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 fluid movement between apostleship and discipleship. And he yeah. and, and he just talked about the apostleship is the ones who are sent. sent they're going yeah. out. They're doing this. They're, going, they're reaching out. They're, they're mm-hmm. going out and proclaiming the gospel. They're they're they're, they're reaching people. But then you, the discipleship is your once they're reached, you're, you're then you're then nurturing their faith and you're helping them grow. You're walking with them like Jesus did with his disciples. And then they, and they then become the apostles going out and it's sure. the, the the lowercase a, a apostles. They're going out and being sent who then bring others. So it's this rhythm of apostleship and discipleship. Apostleship and discipleship. I found that very helpful. Yeah, to think about that's really what you and I both were calling for. Mm-hmm. Is that we, we left, we didn't build out the discipleship part of it. Mm-hmm. We were saying there is a bit of a lowercase a apostleship mm-hmm. where we are being sent out to cross those bridges, mm-hmm. to go into those, uh, knock down those barriers, and go into the others, mm-hmm. and then and then bring them in. Because mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you, I want to invite them into a life of yeah. discipleship. Period. Yeah. 
And we build that out a little bit more fully even this week as we think about what are we restored to do and mm-hmm. to, to be, um, to be a servant. And mm-hmm. so you are going to be back in Vine, Vine this week. I'm going to be in Classic one more time. And uh, as we continue this series, or two more weeks in this series, we'll conclude on Mother's Day. Yes. Um, where we're going to talk about spiritual spiritual parenting. Spiritual good topic for Mother's Day. Which is a good and appropriate topic for Mother's Day. So that's going to be fun. But those are, those are going to be two kind of areas where we kind of build out what does it mean we're restored to, to be and do, to do mm-hmm. and be. Um, so that's the other aspect of discipleship. You go out, we send, we're sent out to the, to those who are outside the faith to bring them in. Okay, now what, right? So that sort of thing. So um, if you've missed uh, this past week's message in uh, the series Restored, you can see John's or mine and the full service itself on uh, our website, fpclakeland.org. Go to the worship page and the sermon archive tab. And if you've missed any one of the episodes of Armchair Preaching, uh, feel free. Uh, We'd love for you to visit us on any major podcasting service, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and you can subscribe uh, so you get notified when a new episode drops. Like it, share it, tell your friends. Good time. Good time. Good time. I good smile time. every time you do that. Good time. It's, like, it's, just, it's just like I did like it a little like, different. Like, that like a machine. Yeah, you did. I did yeah, a yeah. little different that time. I had to break it up just 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 a tiny bit. Just a tiny bit. Well, John, uh, you're going to Plano, Texas uh, this afternoon. Yep. Yeah. And, Texas uh, this afternoon. Back on Friday. Have fun at the fellowship uh, conference. Thank fellowship you. community conference. Yep. Um, I will miss the national gather- the gathering again this year. Second second year I've missed it. But they they put it right. I mean, my daughter is in a in a program tomorrow evening, and they that she was last. Last year, so it's. it's I'm, I, I'm like, hey guys, I'm not. I'm not coming we'll out. Get you, we'll get you in. Twenty four. Twenty four. Nashville, I think it is next next year. In oh, Nashville. is it going to be? Okay, yeah. cool. Well, be, that'll be fun. Yeah. Nashville's a great city. So, yeah. all right, John, we'll have fun. Uh, be safe, and um, thanks for hanging out. See you soon. We'll see everybody, Bye, everybody. next time. <laughs>